Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Isaiah, Yeshayahu 25b. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of your podcast. In 25b, we continue our study of Yeshayahu's vision of the apocalypse as the people begin to realize the truth and justice of God. We will begin with um, verse 6 as we... That's where we left off in 25a. V'asa Adonai tzivaot l'chol ha'amim b'hor ha'zeh m'shtei shimanim m'shtei shimarim shimanim memuchayim shimarim mezukakim. Yeshayahu is delivering these prophecies to the people of Judah in the capital city of Jerusalem. And he is telling them of these mysterious faraway lands that will one day cause the entire world to recognize God. I can imagine how this could be both humbling to the people of Judah, as it might stimulate them to think, maybe we are not so special, since the whole world will be here. All the nations of the world are all going to be here worshiping God. But really, the opposite is also true. How exhilarating is that? That these simple people in a small, politically insignificant nation, that... For them to think, hey, you are part of an idea and mission that transcends all of history and time. That we are standing here and the idea that God is just, righteous, mighty, and merciful. And that one day this message, which is your message, which is our message, the people of Judah, the message that we are lucky to know right here and right now will be the guiding light for the entire world. And what will God do on this mountain in that time for all of these nations? This verse tells us he will make a giant party, really, a party of fat and juicy foods, a banquet of fine wines, well-refined and wonderful wines. Wine, as we know, is for Yeshayahu both a symbol of frivolity and waste and corruption, and at the same time, it is a symbol of joy and bounty. Here it is God himself that is serving the dinner. God's wine is nothing but refined and pure joy. God's wine, God's banquet will destroy and remove all the sadness from all people's faces of all of the nations of the world that have had suffering and pain. And God will tear away the masks of despair and anxiety and pain. God will destroy death forever. God will erase all the tears from every face in the world. And suddenly, the shame of his people, the downtrodden people of Jerusalem, and all of the humble, the meek and the poor, the ones whom Isaiah has been calling God's people repeatedly in his prophecies, this nation, the only one who knows God's name and suffered so much for that knowledge, their shame shall be removed from this earth as everyone finally recognizes the truth of the ideas that these people have held dear for so many years. This shame will be lifted because it is God himself who has spoken, and no longer will evil reign. V'yomar bayomahu, and he, that nation, will say on this day, This is our God, Kivinulo. This is the one who we've been hoping for all of this time. We've been hoping to see justice, and finally we see justice. And he has saved us. This is the God 
to whom we have hoped, for whom we have hoped. Now let us rejoice and be happy and celebrate in his deliverance. Because God finally put his hands out over this mountain. And Moab, the nation of Moab, is destroyed and crushed beneath it. Like straw is crushed and threshed to bits at Madmena. <coughs> because the hand of God will finally rest upon this mountain, Jerusalem, and Moab will be crushed. Why Moab? Why is it that it's at this lofty and beautiful time? We're talking about this beautiful time of erasing sadness and, and erasing tears from the entire world. And at this moment, we suddenly praise God for crushing the nation of Moab. It seems out of place. However, the answer to this question, I believe, lies in the words that Ishayahu Isaiah had directed towards Moab in the chapters preceding this one. Remember that prior to the, this vision that we're reading now, this vision of the apocalypse, was the Masaot, was, the, the, was where um, Isaiah turned his attention to all the nations of the world. And to each nation, he mentioned, he told them and rebu rebuked them about what their mission was and how to come back to God. Of course, some of the nations got the message and some did not. But let's look at his words regarding Moab in chapter 16. You can go back and listen to that podcast from chapter 16. We find something interesting regarding Moab that we did not find regarding the Masaot of the other nations. He began by discussing a terrible destruction that would take place one day in the future in Moab. But then he said he gave them gave them a remedy. He said, Shilchukar, come and bring tribute here to, to Yehuda, to Judah. He beseeches them, Havi'i Eitza, Asu Pilila. Bring get your ideas straight. Do the right thing. He asks Moab to come and join the enterprise of God. And then he says, Yaguru Bach Nid Nidachai. Give shelter to the refugees, spread justice and righteousness. And then, if you do that, he says, In other words, Yeshayahu found that Moab was uniquely situated to be the first nation that will truly fulfill what Yeshayahu has been teaching us in his vision for the world to come, that the message of God will spread forth from Jerusalem to all the nations of the world, and that all of the nations will then practice justice and righteousness, treat the needy properly, and that this would lead to his new world order, so to speak. But in the end, in Moab, instead of getting that message, Yeshayahu concludes, Shamanu ge'on Moab ge'ma'od, the haughty pridefulness of the people of Moab will prevent them from becoming part of God's people, and in the end, destruction will consume them. This is why Yeshayahu uses Moab as an example here. Because in the future, every nation will be invited under God's wings. They will all be invited to partake in this wonderful feast and have sadness wiped from their faces. But the haughty ones will not be ready to humble themselves. And Moab is a prime example of this, as he mentioned before. These nations will ultimately be crushed in this end of days. As the next verse continues, And then God will spread his hands among his people <coughs> like a swimmer spreads his hands as he swims. And he will humble the haughtiness of nations like Moab, together with the symbols of their power. God will take down their haughtiness. 
He will take down the big symbols of their power. Umivtsar, and he concludes, Umivtsar miskav chomosecha, and the secure fortifications and strength and power of his walls. Heshach, hishpil, higiyal, oretz arafar. God will lower and crush these, their grand buildings and symbols of their, their fortresses and all the symbols of their power. They will be lowered and crushed and raised into the ground, to, into dust. Haughtiness has no place in the future. Just like he says, Shamanu et Gemoav, Gemoav, the same thing here, Vishpil Gavato. In this wonderful, beautiful future time, the people that are too proud, too arrogant, too haughty to participate in this new world where justice, righteousness will prevail, have no place in this feast. Thank you for listening to Isaiah 25b. Looking forward to studying chapter 26 together.